Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Bada Binga, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening on the S&S Network. Stay tuned or you will feel Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash. You're listening on the FNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the FNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. This is Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame 2011. And you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya. And I wouldn't want to be here. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. The world is listening. Welcome to the Open Book. Your one-stop shop for the latest news in pro wrestling, video gaming, and entertainment. With your host, the sensational sequel, Sean. What? I guess that's his name, Ashley. Three, two, one, go. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off! What is up, guys, gals, and everyone else out there in SNS Radio Land? This is the Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you for another episode of what can only be called The Open Book. Now, if you don't know what The Open Book is, we cover a little bit of fantasy wrestling with some news added in. We talk some gaming news, possibly some reviews, possibly the biggest news out there today. And we talk entertainment and movie reviews. And I can't do this by myself. I have one other person that joins me here as my co-host. You know him as basically one name, but I've given him multiple, such as You're Fired and Please Shut Up Now. Here he is right now. It's Ashley, and yes, that is his name. What's up tonight, Ashley? Uh, not a lot. Quiet, well, I'd say quiet-ish little week, but then it got busy by the end. It did, it did. So, what we'll do is we'll jump straight in. We'll talk about some lockdown here in a minute. We've got some news we want to cover. We've definitely got something we planned on doing last week, but my co-host decided he didn't want to give me his picks until the last second, so we didn't do it last week. But we're going to do our top five favorite themes that as soon as you hear them, you know someone's about to get their ass kicked. 
and then we'll jump into some uh, gaming news. We got some huge news that that leaked today, some huge rumors, and then we've got a Vita review. We've got a review of a Vita game, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Trials Evolution, the Xbox Live Arcade game. We'll take a quick break after that, and then we'll jump straight into the entertainment segment where we've got a ton of news, or not a ton, we got some news for you guys. So let's definitely jump in. We'll jump in with, basically, we're going to talk about Lockdown. And I've heard a lot of networks come out and say they hated Lockdown. It was crap. It was all this. And, you know, I got only one thing really to say to that. You guys are flipping wrong. Lockdown was one of the best TNA pay-per-views to date for myself because I'm a huge fan of the Lockdown concept, the cage, all cage pay-per-view. And I want to use something that one of my partners, cohorts, I guess we'll call them, over at Headlocks of Headlines used in his column, which is called I Am the w- IWC, Spoon-Fed Wrestling. His preview went like this. So am I done with the IWC? Not a chance. I am the IWC, and my voice will be heard. No longer will I let those who mock, judge, and find only faults with TNA have the only voice. I am picking up the bullhorn, and you can expect me to be vocal. If you haven't had a chance to read this article or the column yet, it's a great up column basically covering the review of Lockdown. I mean, I'm really curious what he was listening to because, oh, wait, there it is. He was listening to another network, which was his first mistake. Sorry, Hun. Hun Joe is the, the, the person who did the article. He's a great writer. If you haven't a chance to read it, go give it a chance over at headlocksheadlines.com. So, I mean, definitely go check it out. But, I mean, he was right. All I've seen is... People trashing lockdown. I mean, what do you think of lockdown before we actually get into the matches? Simply put, it was a, it was a great show. Shame about the audience. <laughs> to be quite honest, because sometimes you know you could have heard a pin drop because some of the audience, I swear, couldn't give a crap. Yeah, uh, the audience kind of seemed like they were not fully into it. But that's what happens when you decide to go outside for one of your bigger pay-per-views. They should have stayed inside Orlando for this one, but they didn't. They went outside. They went back to Nashville, the home of TNA. First match we'll talk about was the 10-man lethal lockdown match, which was Team Garrett Bischoff against Team Eric Bischoff. Team Garrett was Team Garrett himself, Garrett Bischoff, AJ Styles, Austin Aries, Mr. Anderson, and Rob Van Dam who faced off against Eric Bischoff, who was the captain of his team, Gunner, Bully Ray, Christopher Daniels, and Frankie Kazarian, who I have a little bit of news to talk about here at the end of the segment. This match went 26 minutes and 10 seconds. If you don't know what a lethal lockdown is, it's basically a war game style match that as soon as the last person enters the, the cage, they lower the ceiling, which has weapons on top of it. And the weird thing about this cage this year was there was a table and a ladder on top of the on top of the roof itself. Was it used this year? Unfortunately, it wasn't. But <laughs> this match also had a little bit of stipulation. If Team Eric won, Garrett must leave TNA. If Team Garrett had won, Eric Bischoff must leave TNA and renounce his name. So, Ashley, do you remember who won this match? Thanks to a Jeff Jarrett-style guitar shot, Garrett B. Eric. That's right. Garrett Bischoff actually pinned his own father, one, two, three, in the middle of the mat with everyone else laying basically around them. They kind of had a bit of a breaking of the kayfab when 
they were showing Team Garrett Bischoff getting outside of the ring. He was on his way up the ramp. They cut back to, T- to Eric Bischoff, who was standing there smiling, telling his son congratulations. And then they cut straight from him back to Borash in the back, who was doing an interview with somebody. But it was kind of interesting to see that they accidentally co- they showed him saying congratulations to his son, which kind of sucks for TNA, but oh well. I still remember the Blade incident with Angle a year or so back. Refresh my memory about that one, please. I think it was Angle versus... Oh, it was must have been Slammiversary. I can't remember who his opponent was, but Angle had his blade in, like, a wristband, and it came out. And you could basically see the blade in front of him, and you could see Kurt Angle was reaching for the blade, and the cameraman decided to zoom in on it, him reaching for the blade. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. I remember that now. Yeah, it they've had the wide open. It was self-inflicted. Yeah, they've had that problem a few times. Uh, they'll they had some really bad camera shots that where they picked them up. So I mean, yeah, there was some, there was a bad camera angle there, but it definitely the, the match was a really good match. A lot of weapon usage. It was definitely good to see Rob Van Dam back in the ring, no matter what. Uh, seeing him back with Team Garrett Bischoff was really good to see. Uh, no word on what's. Eric Bischoff is going to do now that he must leave TNA and renounce his name, but Impact was last night. I didn't get a chance to see it myself, so I'll have to get a chance to watch it and catch up next week when they do the next one. Second match, or did you have anything else to add to that? I'm sorry, Ashley. Well, I know Impact apparently had some technical issues this week, so they're repeating it next week before the new Impact, so you can catch up on everything. But I do know that there, as was announced on Impact, they're having a farewell party next Thursday for Bischoff. <laughs> nice. I'll definitely have to watch it then. So jumping into the second match, the second match was Magnus and Samoa Joe facing off against the returning Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. This match lasted 11 minutes and 20 seconds and was for the TNA World Tag Team Championship. This was a very good fast-paced match, and Magnus and Samoa Joe kept their titles after some very different counter-offensive moves. Ashley, any points on this match? Arguably, Samoa Joe and Magnus were just a bit too powerful, in my opinion. (laughs) They were. They definitely were facing off against... I mean, anytime you got Samoa Joe facing off against any of his ex-division, his former ex-division buddies... I mean, it goes to show that why he basically held that title for so long. He basically took Alex Shelley and Chris Saban to the woodshed multiple times, but they did hold their own against both Samoa Joe and Magnus and made this a very pretty good match, so to speak. Yeah, I'd, I'd certainly give credit because I can see this probably going on for a few more months, and it's more entertaining than Samoa Joe and Magnus versus Morgan and Crimson. Yes, and we'll definitely talk about Morgan Crimson here in a few minutes. The next match was the one that I basically pushed off last week. Devin versus Robbie E for the TNA Television Championship. This match lasted 3 minutes and 25 seconds. (laughs) Yes, that's correct. 3 minutes and a quarter. I really don't remember this match. I'll say that right now. I don't remember this match at all. trying to remember what it was. It was basically... Robbie E for one minute, and Devon for about two minutes, and that was pretty much it. 
Devon won the match, kept the championship. After that, I can't tell you what happened. Then, if you add into the impact fact that the TV title is now going to be defended apparently every week. Which, I understand them doing that, but I would have thought they would have kept it on Robbie E if they were actually going to do that. I don't understand them keeping the belt on Devon to just have him defend it every week with the possibility of losing it almost every week. Put it on Robbie E, make it look like he's going to lose the belt, and then as they go forward, make it seem like he's going to hold that belt only due to the fact he has Robbie T outside the ring with him, helping him out, kind of like a Diesel Shawn Michaels. When Shawn Michaels was holding the Intercontinental Championship, he always had Diesel out there, his bodyguard, making sure nobody messed with him. So, and then I mean, eventually, eventually Robbie T will realize I can beat Robbie E and uh, turn on his fellow Robbie or something. That sounds, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll have to see what happens, but um, I'm definitely looking to see what they have to do with Devon and this whole TV belt will be defended every week angle. Uh, next match was the TNA Women's Knockout Championship with Gail Kim as a champion facing off against Velvet Sky inside the steel cage, which is kind of not normal for the women's division, uh, except for only at lockdown. Uh, they faced off for 7 minutes and 30 seconds, which was a pretty good match. Yep, good match. Although I don't see why Velvet Sky was interested in Madison Rain at the end, considering was- she was on the outside. And they were on the inside. It was kind of one of those weird moments where TNA kind of dropped the ball in the booking a little bit. Velvet Sky basically paid more attention to Madison Rain, who was standing outside the ring, than she did Gail Kim at the end of the match, which caused, which allowed Gail Kim to actually get the win. They were inside of a stone cage. I mean, well, no, why? actually, I think what it was was Gail Kim went for the door because I remember mm. seeing it open. Yeah, actually, that I believe that did happen. There's a couple matches where I really didn't fade in. There was several matches that I did because I'm a huge fan of the multi-man matches like the Lethal Lockdown match, amazing match. The Magnus and Joe Mercy Machine Guns match, I paid attention. Devon, I didn't pay attention to. Gail Kim, Velvet Sky, I paid attention to a little bit. I apologize to the trade dog. He loves Velvet Sky with a passion. I didn't really pay attention to this match. Sorry about <laughs> that. But it was more so, it seemed like a good match. So we'll, I'll have to catch the replay and see exactly what I did miss so I can really hopefully talk about it more so next time. Yeah. Uh, next match is the match I really did not care about. Crimson versus Matt Morgan, which went eight minutes. It went six minutes too long. This should have been the shortest match on the card, and all it did was pretty much end the feud, or hopefully in the feud between Matt Morgan and Crimson. Crimson beat Matt Morgan and left Matt Morgan laying inside the ring, or inside the cage, holding his leg. This is all you, Ashley. Yeah, he was tied in the ropes, but which, you know, he targeted the leg for pretty much all the match, Crimson, and you know, you kind of knew what was going to happen when for the previous umpteen months, and umpteen is a technical term, by the way, He's just been labelled as Crimson, and then all of a sudden at lockdown, he is, in quotes, the undefeated Crimson. Now, if yeah. you change your nickname, that probably means that nickname is going to stay for a bit and not be just there for one night. So, yeah, nothing really to talk about this match, so we'll go to the next match. 
Next match is a match I did pay attention to. So we're going to hold off on this match for a second. We're going to skip to the match after this one, which was the TNA Knockouts Tag Team Championship, which was ODB oh. and Eric Young versus Sarita and Rosita, who looked amazingly good, by the way. They faced off for 4 minutes and 17 seconds with ODB and Eric Young basically winning the belts, keeping the belts. Yeah, this was uh, pretty much <laughs> the way this went was this match was set up half an hour before the show started on on the pre-show actually, just randomly. It basically mainly came out of it's nowhere. because it, yeah, it had to be there because you had to have some blow off between uh, the match that we've we're going to go to later and the world title match between Storm and Rude. So it made sense in that way, but really it was a handicap match. It was. Eric Young didn't do anything. Eric Young really did not want to get into the ring. He at one point he covered, he made the cover. Instead of him covering either Sarita or Rosita, he basically put Sarita over Rosita and then counted the pinfall for them. <laughs> and then ODB's like, "What are you doing? Uh, no, that's not how we're supposed to do this match." So they then went back and put Eric Young in the corner, and ODB basically wrestled the match by herself the rest of the time. Yeah. Eric's being the humor, ODB actually doing the wrestling. So, you know, although he's a man and he's got the women's title, at least he didn't actually take part in the match, so you can hate on it even more. I don't like the fact he's a women's champ, but the fact that it's only the woman as part of the team that seems to be doing most of the wrestling, I'm kind of not as pissed off about. Yeah. This was basically Cody Diener version 2, but with a better wrestler, a better comedian at the helm. So, mm -hmm. next match we'll talk about is the match that I just skipped. It was Jeff Hardy versus Kurt Angle inside the steel cage, and that match went 14 minutes and 52 seconds. It went just the right amount of time, because basically mm -hmm. both men seemed like they were running a little bit gassed during the end of this match. And Jeff Hardy did pull away with the win, defeating Kurt Angle inside the cage. Ashley. Yeah, thanks to uh, some swantons. Thanks to a lot of swantons. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame we didn't see the shooting star from Angle this time. I'm kind of glad he didn't do the shooting star, because if he had, I'm sure he would have killed himself. My only gripe is, I think it possibly could have gone a few minutes longer. But then that was probably due to the fact that the two old guys were having a go each other on the mics. But we'll address that after we talk about the matches because the, 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 the thing I'm talking about there I fear will spread over to a future show and in that case it's really again. And again. That was pretty good. <laughs> good timing on that. I'm not even going to talk about that whole promo. Uh, we'll leave that to Nim over on Y because we know he'll go ape crazy on that one. So we'll leave that to him. But Jeff Hardy versus Kurt Angle, great match by both men. Definitely put their heart and souls into the match and showed why they are two of the best in the business today. Both Jeff and Kurt Angle had their biggest moments at WrestleMania, the biggest pay-per-view of them all. And, I mean, Kurt Angle had his WrestleMania main events. They definitely showed why they both can stand on the showcase of the Immortals. Thank you for reminding me about that, Ashley. Uh, definitely, both men are among the Immortals for WrestleMania, and they both showed why they can stand. 
in the showcase of the Immortals because of this match. They showed how long they can go. They showed how hard they can go. I mean, we saw a swanton from the top of the cage. I don't think Angle did his backflip off the top of the cage, did he? No. Unfortunately, no, because apparently he did injure himself trying to train for the Olympics. I remember that now. It's probably because he realized that um, he tried it against Jeff Jarrett last year, and that nearly went really wrong. It did. So, one of the best matches on the card definitely will receive match of the night for the entire card is Jeff Hardy versus Kurt Angle. I mean, do you have anything to close out on this match? Probably agree with your match of the night, but let's get to the second best match of the night. Main events, Bobby Roode versus James Storm for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, which lasted 19 minutes and one second. Did it go for that long? Because there was about three or four minutes beforehand when they did go around the outside before the bell even rang. That's counted. They, oh, is they, it? In the, time, in the timekeeper's notes, they time every moment from when both wrestlers block up to the end result. So when they started fighting outside the cage, around the cage, in the fans, back out of the fans, they count every single moment. And, I mean, they went all over the place. They went, like I said, around the cage. They were outside the cage for at least five minutes at the most. Yeah. In the cage, and basically all hell broke loose. The end result, I will say, was a little bit of a BS moment. I didn't appreciate it, and after what was... Basically, what came out after the match, if that's how it really happened, then I don't agree with that at all. But the match had some very big moments. I mean, we saw a bleeding hard way, a lot of bleeding hard way. I mean, there was not that much blood at all throughout this entire pay-per-view. This match had most of the blood. There was a lot of blood poured in this match alone. I mean, James Storm was cut open. He was cut open hard, and you definitely knew that if, they didn't stop the match soon after. If they didn't stop the match after a 20-minute mark, he was going to need some kind of medical help because he did have some blood. I mean, it wasn't as bad as the James Storm-Chris Harris-Texas death match where basically both men were crimson mask and there was still blood pouring after. It wasn't that bad, but it was bad either way. Yeah. So, I mean, do you, anything you want to add to this before I talk um. about this? Well, before we get to talk about the finish. Before I talk about the finish. Okay. Overall, I say it was a very good match. And now we might as well talk about the finish, which I actually kind of kind of liked, because I think it's the first time we've seen that kind of finish in 13 years. It's been a while since they had this finish. The finish basically went like this. James Storm had him... Had him beat, but he wanted to lay the punishment into Bobby Roode for all of the crap he said to James Storm over the past weeks. It ended this way. James Storm went with a super kick. He super kicked Bobby Roode so hard that Bobby Roode broke the cage door open, and it flew open, and Bobby Roode hit the ground. The match ended with Bobby Roode escaping the cage. You know, the last time I remember that style finish was Austin versus McMahon. From February 99. Okay, that was the cage wall completely coming loose, but, you know, relatively similar. That was also because one of the biggest men in the business also threw Austin through the cage. Yeah. And but it was that same thing. It was a kind of... It was obviously done on purpose, but it's made to look, oh, it happened by accident. And I remember the door wasn't locked because 
Earl Hebner had to go in because Brian got super kicked with his red boots and everything. Ah. Oh. Yeah, there was some ref bumps in this match. I mean, the match was really good. The ending pretty much took it down a, a couple of notches. Didn't make it match of the night due to the fact that they went as hard as Jeff Hardy and Kurt Angle did, but the ending kind of pulled it back for me. I mean, definitely, if you're going to watch this pay-per-view, you want to watch the entire pay-per-view. You want to watch all the way up to Bobby Roode versus James Storm. You want to watch everything. And then you want to know why, basically, Bobby Roode did win. It's because Hulk Hogan feels that James Storm is not prepared to hold the title. He doesn't see James Storm as a champion yet. That is why James Storm did not take the title. Am I happy about that? No. James Storm deserves that title. I said it last week, and I'll say it again here now. James Storm deserves that title. He's been with that company the entire time, and yet they have not put the TNA championship, TNA heavyweight championship, on his stomach yet. TNA, wake up. It's time. James Storm is ready, and if you don't put the belt on him soon, we're going to have a problem. Well... I think I've worked it out. Okay, I tried to explain it and got it wrong. Uh, it's lockdown. But they're going to give the belt to Storm at one of the big three. Okay, we've missed one in lockdown, but arguably the next two are their biggest. October, you've got Bound for Glory, which is their equivalent of Mania. But then, in June, you've got Slammiversary, which is the 10th anniversary. So I'm guessing they're going to try and go big for it. Two months down the road, I will, I will hold off if they actually are going to give it to him then. But they wait till Bound for Glory. TNA's lost their mind. I'd make Bound for Glory a bigger match. Give it something huge. So, James Storm versus Crimson. <laughs> I just I feel will. that Crimson is going to get pushed and, well, no, make it even better. Crimson versus Garrett Bischoff <laughs> for the TNA Heavyweight Championship. That I think I'm done with this pay-per-view. Yeah, I think we're done with TNA for now. Overall, the pay-per-view got an A-. Pay-per-view was an amazing pay-per-view. Did a great job. To all of those other networks out there basically trashing this pay-per-view, get your head out of your ass. Actually pay attention to the wrestling, not the entertainment. This is not about entertainment at lockdown. This was about fighting. This was about bloodshed. This is about the best wrestling out there today. And, I mean, it may not be ROH, you may have a problem with TNA, but guess what? TNA brought it on Sunday. They showed up. WWE, they didn't show up WrestleMania. Let's get that straight, number one. WrestleMania is on a scale of its own, but they did show up No Way Out, Elimination Chamber, whatever you call it. They showed up whatever pay-per-view was in December. What was the pay-per-view um, in December? TLC. TLC. I don't know they showed up TLC, but, wow. The overall pay-per-view... Probably not, but certainly it's probably on par with matches, considering you had the good triple threat TLC match with Miz. Right. I mean, it, was it was on par at the most, but definitely not. It was on par. We'll go with that. A the minus. Thing that scared me was Brassai was eight in the four down picks. <laughs> yeah, that's something that something's wrong there. Brassai was basically number eight. In the entire yeah. four-down group. Now, let's get something right here. Number eight, the entire fourdown.org listener base, whatever you want to call it. Number eight. So, yeah. Something's wrong. 
It's like he's got the reverse curse of Bronx. Oh. Well, no, remember that Bronx always went through that time when he nearly basically didn't do well on the picks. And now all of a sudden, like, Brasso's like, okay, I'm going to go for these randomly. And they all came out. What? Yeah, I think what Brassai's got is he's got the Skynet hookup from Acer himself because ah. Brassai cannot be doing that well. So Acer, Skynet, you out there listening? Yeah, we've got to we got to get something here because um that that can't keep happening. We got we got to pull that down. So to end that lockdown talk, have you got anything you want to say to um closing? Kind of. Hold uh, on, TNA. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you didn't know, if you're listening to the show, we're actually doing this during Unplugged. I'm sorry, JJ, I didn't have any other time. I just gave Acer his Skynet shout-out, and in chat, just as I <laughs> finish, it says, Acer, the open book, where's Sean going to give me my Skynet shout-out? You see? Oh, he my. watches all. <laughs> um, but go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you with your final, but go ahead, please. No, but my final comment was uh, TNA apparently now in, is going a new direction, is trying to push, you know, new talent and young talent to possibly great things. So, why was your main event last night for the number one contendership Hardy, ex-WWE versus Anderson, ex-WWE versus RVD, ex-WWE? Just saying. And also, because RVD won it, this is the third straight year that RVD is going to be in the main event of Sacrifice. Why don't we just call it TNA's 420? Seriously. Good God. Fly 420, have John Morrison make his debut. Yeah. Or, or Evan Bourne. Evan Bourne's out with a foot injury, apparently. Oh, they can sign him up anyway. We'll definitely have to see what comes of TNA Impact next week. So, I got a few news stories right quick for that. We'll close that out. We'll bring up this one right quick. First one, Frankie Kazarian. If you didn't know, Frankie Kazarian actually came out to the ring bald. Completely shaved head at lockdown. The reason why is he wanted to reintroduce his character. What he basically did, he won't say it, he won't come out and say he did it for that reason, but he donated his hair to a charity called Locks of Love. What Locks of Love is, is a nonprofit organization who actually collects the hair. It has to be a, like a ponytail on men that's like a certain length. What they do is they cut that off and the hair is donated and made into wigs for children. Anybody who has gone through chemo, um, any kind of cancer treatment, who, which which causes them to lose their hair, he did it for a great cause. It's definitely one of those things you want to. I want to commend Frankie Kazarian. I know he probably won't ever, ever hear this, but Frankie Kaz, whatever you want to call yourself, I definitely would like to give you a pat on the back for that man. I've my ex girlfriend actually lost her hair when she was going through chemo before she passed away. Um, she lost all of her hair, but she was given a wig. By Locks of Love, which looked amazing. This is a great uh, charity, so if you definitely want to donate hair and you have long enough hair, go see a local Locks of Love group and donate your hair. It's definitely going to a great cause. Yeah, I wasn't sure about the haircut at first, but knowing the details about it now, yeah. Full props to uh, Kazarian for that. Next quick story is TNA's James Storm gives a quick update on his future. Basically, after his promo from 
impact last night. James Storm posted a, twi- a tweet basically saying, emotional time in my life after lockdown. Need to think about what I need to do and will not be making live events. I apologize. What was that? James, you basically walking out of TNA? What's, what's, what's going oh, on here, buddy? Hang on. Remember, the match that he had at Against All Odds, or no, Victory Road, remember that match that went on for about 15 seconds because he was injured? Mm. I think they want to give him a month or so off to recover before he comes back and gets the glory at Slammiversary. I could see that. I could definitely see the fantasy booking there. Um, I you don't want could... an injured wrestler wrestling, Kurt. No. Yeah, yeah. Or Mickey James. I mean, do you remember the lockdown last year where she wrestled in the cage and basically had the shoulder problem? And she mm. won the title. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely not what I want to hear. And last story right quick before we go to something special. Uh, Steve Austin on possibly working with CM Punk. Austin did an interview with The Sun in UK. Set and basically said this: Maybe Punk's not the guy to go against. He needs to pick up his intensity. We'll have to see what I do. I'm happy now doing what I am doing. In a perfect world where I can step back into the ring for one last match, I would be willing to have that discussion with management. So maybe Austin having a little bit few choice words for Punk on his intensity. Maybe trying to say, Punk, you need to bring it a little bit. How did Vince McMahon put it a couple years ago? There was a phrase he used with everyone around the ring, and somebody got in the ring and basically beat the crap out of him. Hornswoggle's my son? No. <laughs> I can't remember, but Punk needs to bring some rage. Bring it out, and uh, let's see what happens. I, I want to see Austin versus Punk. I want straight edge against the beer-swilling, toughest SOB in the business. Let's have it. So I guess that's it for the news. Have you got anything right quick? I've been distracted by something that apparently happened this week, but the offer's gone now. Just looking in the chat, and it was Shifty saying that according to uh, one site, WWEshop.com this week, put all the WrestleMania anthology sets on sale for $8 a set. Really? Yeah, the offer isn't there anymore. The The offer isn't there anymore. Which is kind of annoying, because clearly it must have been, okay, we got the last of the stock, we need to get rid of it. So, that was 21 WrestleManias for $30. The now, funny thing is, I can't just, even find WWE Shop on the WWE website. Oh, it's there somewhere. You know, all I'm thinking now is, considering soon after WrestleMania set came out, the SummerSlam set came out, are you going to see the SummerSlam set? have an offer sometime in around August, September in the sense of, right, we need to get rid of these because we're having so many new DVDs coming in that everybody will want. You know, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I'm on the WWE webpage and they've got, they posted this SmackDown spoilers. Friday, yeah, SmackDown happened earlier today. I'm so sorry for that. They've got what's called Deconstructing Ryback and has Ryback a.k.a. Skip Sheffield, in the middle of the picture. On the left of him is Goldberg. On the right of him is the Ultimate Warrior. So that's kind of interesting to see. Let's see if it's if it's up there still. No, that's there nice. is some interesting deals, though. They've got the... Uh, if you haven't got it already, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's 
Epic Journey DVD and Blu-ray with a T-shirt is only fifteen bucks instead of sixty. Yeah, they're trying to get rid of some stock. That's for sure. They're getting because... rid of T-shirts by the looks of it. And I think with a DVD and a T-shirt thrown in, clearly they don't like T-shirts. SummerSlam volumes one through four is one hundred and five dollars. Yeah, that'll be. I'm, I'm guessing because of what they did with Mania, that might be on offer in about four or five months. Uh, Survivor Series, Volume One, nineteen eighty-seven to nineteen ninety-one, thirty-eight dollars and seventy cents. Volume Two, thirty-eight dollars seventy cents. John Morrison's DVD, fourteen ninety-nine. Wow. Over here, I can get that in the right place for about five pound, which will probably equate to about eight dollars. So we got one special thing left for you guys after I close out all this WB crap in my window. There was one window I wanted to keep There you off. go. <laughs> Note, Stamford, he said WWE crap. Come on, Mess ben, that about with that what you will. Yeah, just come see me, WWE. Last week, we were supposed to do the, the themes. We were supposed to talk about our themes that we thought, as soon as we heard them, somebody was getting their ass kicked. Go ahead and start it off, Ashley. You've got two of them that are also go with mine, so I'm going to go ahead and let you go with yours. Yeah, I think the first one we'll touch on is Undertaker, because he's been around the longest. Pretty much any variation of his theme will probably suffice, but here's the one that we selected. And then the other one is a uh, former guest of uh, WNL, which is on the network, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Again, pretty much any variant of his theme, but again, here's the one we selected because, well, that, that's what he said, so... So, yeah, that's a couple of the uh, picks that both me and Sean made. Sean, do you want to go with your three first? Your other three out of the five? No, you can go and, I want you to go ahead and finish yours out, and then we'll jump into mine here in a second. Okay. Because I actually uh, have mine listed by numbers. Okay. Well, my mine are in no particular order, so I'll just go with the order that I've got the rest of them to go. My third one is... Hulk Hogan. Now, don't hate on me, people. Give me a chance. 
I'm talking about Hulk Hogan back in the day in the 80s when he was pretty much the like John Cena the biggest thing since um bread got sliced by accident or something I don't know so uh real american here we go Fourth one, quite simply, just to go to some other brands rather than make it all WWE based, I went with NWO and that pretty cool guitar riff. Or I guess the best way to introduce this one, as Scott Hall would put it, cue the porno music. My final one is one that I'm surprised because I know we posted this up as a message on the Facebook thing, and I'm surprised nobody said this one because I'm I'm going a little out the box here. My fifth one is Awesome Kong. Uh, I'm you know I'm kind of surprised that people didn't come up with it because pretty much as soon as you heard that on TNA and you know even as even as Karma, as soon as you hear that music, you're like. Oh, to quote Mark Henry's theme, somebody's going to get their ass kicked. For this one, I've decided to go for Awesome Kongs because that's the one we've probably heard more of considering she hasn't been on WWE for as long as she was on TNA. So here's Awesome Kongs theme. quote Booker T. My favorite five. Okay then. So he just gave you his favorite five. Now we're going to go with mine. I did put mine in numbers because I wanted to basically go from those five that I remember hearing. I remember wanting to see these guys come down and basically destroy. So mine go like this. Number five, 
APA, the Acolytes, basically. And this is the one that we're going to... Well, they really only had one. And this is basically what there is. That was APA. My number Damn. four one. Yes, thank you, Ron Simmons, for coming in all of a sudden. Thank you, Ron. You're fired, by the way. Number four is the King of Kings, as he likes to prescribe himself, Triple H. There's only one one you can really use because this is the one that as soon as he started up, he came down and he was destroying people left and right. So this is the King of King themes for you right now, Triple H. Here it goes. Behold the king. The king of kings. There is only one. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> So that was Triple H with the King of Kings theme. Number three, as Ashley did say, we, we had a few of them that were the same. Uh, Austin is one of my other, one, one of our picks that are the same. My next one is one of my other favorite wrestlers. It's Kane. Now I used the Kane theme that I felt best described Kane. So here is that theme. My last theme has to be the one and the only, The Undertaker. It's more the chanting in the beginning, the laughing, and all of the chanting. It's an amazing theme, and I definitely enjoy this theme a lot. So that was the five themes that I chose. And, you know, that's really all we've got for the wrestling segment. So um, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back with the gaming segment. And... Uh, We'll see what we got. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back.
Just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Have you been looking for wrestling radio that entertains and informs? Then make sure you tune in every Monday night at 11.30 p.m. Eastern for the four-time People's Choice Show of the Year, Wrestling News Live, with the Trey Dog and J.J. Sexay, where anything can and usually does happen, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network, www.snsradionetwork.com. Ian Chat. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled to take you back in time. Host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman brings you pro wrestling nostalgia featuring classic moments and old school themes. So buckle up and go beyond the bell each and every week. On the SNS Radio Network, it's go time! You know, in the world of pro wrestling radio, there's always someone out there who will always try to get under your skin. I want to really drive Andy to the point where he wants to choke me out. Because I'm going to drive him right off the edge of the cliff. They'll always try, but in the end, it always comes down to the truth. That moment when uh, Silent Rage the gasket this match is over you know i'm really just a nice guy at heart but don't piss me off okay i mean come on the truth is going to hurt someone catch your weekly search for the truth right here on the pro wrestling rewind every wednesday night nine o'clock eastern exclusively on the sns radio network Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexay of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. What's up, guys? And welcome back from that quick, not well, not so quick commercial break we just had. 
we just talked a little bit of wrestling. We talked some fantasy wrestling. We talked some lockdown news, some themes. So now it's time to talk something we're really good at. It's time to talk about video games. And I know that Ashley's got a good chunk of stories to talk about, but I've got some stories also. So we'll let Ashley jump in first, and then we'll definitely see what i got to talk about. So Ashley, up for you. Yeah, well, there will be quite a few stories here which will probably get chunked together because they all relate to each other. Um, we'll start off with the news that apparently the EA games that weren't on sale in-game here in the UK now are. So it seems like they're actually selling Mass Effect 3. I know I went over to my local store a few days ago and they were selling it and it seems to be doing well, so... I guess that's good, although I was worried in one of the stores with the staff were just chatting in the middle of the thing, but anyway. But related to this, apparently EA has suffered a bit. The developers of the Syndicate game, Starbreeze, have pretty much said that because game wasn't selling it, the numbers probably weren't as high as they should have been due to the you know, the stock issue that happened. And possibly related to this, I don't know, but EA seems to have had worse than expected performance on Battlefield 3 and Star Wars The Old Republic, which the rumours were between possibly 500 or 1,000 people could be laid off, but I think that all got debunked, because considering Battlefield 3 trumped Modern Warfare 3 in all the awards that pretty much came out, apart from, I think, the one that Spike Video Game Awards, and Old Republic, I think that was huge for them, to be honest. Okay, it was at Christmas, and nobody wanted to buy a game three days before Christmas. But I know there's been some people basically cutting off their old Republic accounts now because they're gearing up for um, Diablo 3. But we'll talk about Diablo 3 a bit later because that's Sean's section, yeah. (laughs) No, actually, I was mentioning that I actually cut my Star Wars off because of the fact that they're having problems with their... uh, their launcher still. So I basically killed my account due to the fact that their launcher is still having problems and because Diablo 3 is coming up. But we'll talk about that here. I'm sorry about breaking in there, Ashley. Go ahead and no continue. Problem. Now, this is also something that Sean will have knowledge of. I think one of the analysts has basically said PS3 needs a price cut if Sony's going to be competitive. And I think there was a story that came out today that there's a $50 reduction on the 160 gig PS3 at GameStop. So it seems like they're listening. That's pretty cool. Now, this is one that caught my eye. Apparently, Miyamoto is going to be debuting a Mario game for the Wii U at E3, which will be very similar to the demo that was shown last year at Nintendo's press conference, which seems to be based kind of like the new Super Mario Bros. Wii style, except rather than just be Mario people, you can also be your me. And play with it that way. Okay, that sounds wrong, playing with your me, but people that have Nintendos will understand or something. I don't know. Related to E3 as well, uh, we have Microsoft confirmed, as well as Sony and Ubisoft, for Monday the 4th of June at various times. Annoyingly, the Sony one is right in the middle of Monday Night Raw. (laughs) So I'm going to be in trouble, or whatever. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that, especially because I think if it's like last year, last year Monday was Microsoft, followed straight away by EA, followed straight away by Ubisoft, followed straight away by Sony. I've got a long day to cover that. Uh, Gravity Rush, the PS Vita game, 
will be getting a demo coming, I think, end of April, early May, ahead of its mid-May release. Now, there's a major PS3 exclusive reveal that's rumoured for May 2nd. Uh, a French site, Jew Video, is announcing a mysterious title on like a live video stream. And it seems to be something like a Little Big Planet MMO. So in that sense, it's, I guess, World of Sackboy. Or DC Universe. Oh, look, Stephen Fry's doing the voice. I don't know. But that could be interesting. I guess we'll have to wait till May 2nd to see what pops up. Uh, we got a Marvel Max Payne 3 comic on the way. Coming from... Well, it's being written by Rockstar's Dan Hauser and Remedy Sam Lake. So, two good writers there. So, I'm intrigued to see how that works. Uh, we've also got news that Xbox will be having their entertainment apps unlocked for people that don't have the gold accounts this weekend. So, you can try, I think, HBO's one of them, Netflix, uh, Zoom. Uh, the UFC app will be unlocked, so as long as you put the money down, you will be able to watch the UFC pay-per-view on your uh, 360 rather than get the pay-per-view through your... Well, it's, it's still through your cable or whatever, but you can watch it on your 360, because I know the 360 has enhancements and stuff that you probably wouldn't get with the normal broadcast. Interesting report here as well from one of the producers of Tekken who's basically said that characters are apparently too essential to offer as DLC. So, looking at what's happened with Street Fighter X Tekken and the fact that you've got characters which are being unlocked as DLC even though they're on the disc, Tekken seems to be doing completely the opposite. And I know with the... I think it's it's either Tekken Tag 2 or Tekken Hybrid, they're basically going to have... DLC stages and DLC modes rather than characters. So, those of you hoping to see more characters in Tekken, you're too desperate, in my opinion. We've also got a weird copyright claim with regards to Ubisoft and game trailers being sued by some sci fi author that says that Assassin's Creed was ripped off by his novel. I kind of don't get it, and I kind of really don't understand how game trailers is involved, to be quite honest. I think he's suing them for about $5 million. So, odd. SSX is getting DLC coming to the end of, towards the end of the month, I believe, which is inspired by uh, SSX Tricky. There's going to be a new track and a couple of classic characters. I guess they could be costumes as well, because I know some of the characters have carried over into the new series. THQ is in good financial shape, or better than expected financial shape. Basically, their profits were up quite a bit on the third quarter compared to last year, mainly due to Saints Row the Third, which, considering how well that did, I kind of was confused by how THQ was saying, oh, it's been a bad year, because Saints Row did really surprisingly well. I guess because people were waiting for GTA 5 and they realized it was going to take another year to come out, roughly. A couple of games have been delayed. Darksiders 2 has been delayed to August, as has Risen 2. Well, it's been delayed to the end of July for America and early in August for Europe. 
Uh, Little Big Planet Karting. Apparently, there's going to be DLC where you can have your Sackboy dress up as Kevin Butler. Yeah, that's really sad and surprising and depressing and any other word that ends in ing. Codemasters, the name, should I say. The name Codemasters is being killed off. Uh, They're renaming themselves as Codemasters Racing mainly because the only big games that they have at the minute is the Formula One franchise and the Dirt franchise. Um, Some Gotham City Imposters DLC coming out this week, which is going to have a new map and a new mode. So it's actually quite huge, but apparently they're taking the route of Portal 2, and it's going to be absolutely free. So thumbs up for that. And an interesting report as well which I'll probably want to get Sean's reaction to. Xbox 360 sales apparently for the third quarter were down 48% compared to last year. Microsoft was apparently blaming a soft gaming console market. Now, I'm trying to work out if Q3 would cover the Christmas period. Well, basically the way they're going down is the 360's pretty much been bought by every single person as is, and Microsoft's basically freaking out now a little bit because they're like... Uh, we sold all the consoles we really can. Nobody's buying them anymore, so it's a soft market. They're all soft. They they all suck. Um, that's pretty much how Microsoft's probably thinking about this. They are counting in the Christmas period, but it also comes down to the fact that they're not looking at numbers for Connect. The 360 has sold a lot. They've sold pretty much more than they thought they were going to sell to begin with, and now they're trying to think of new numbers to come up with, but... They're not going to sell as they're pretty much trying to get to the numbers where they used to be, where they are now, where people are going to continue to buy the console no matter what. And that's all mine because um, I might try and give my thoughts on some of Sean's things because there were some of the stories that I also spotted, but I'll let Sean do the uh, rest of the stuff because we've got some interesting stuff going on. First thing coming out is something that I talked about before. Uh, was a DLC pack that's going to be coming out for Arkham City. Uh, basically, it started out with Arkham City News teasing a Harley Quinn DLC pack. What this could mean is that Harley Quinn will get their her own campaign-style game plus a... Now, I forgot the word for it, but it's basically where you play as the one character and you basically get to beat up a bunch of people. Get to play through that also. Uh, rumor is that Prey 2, which is currently in, in developmental hell right now, has the development has been suspended on it since November. The game has been pushed heavily by most companies as coming out this year, as coming out possibly in, I think it was August was the last rumor date. They're pretty much saying that, we're sorry to say this, but it's not coming out in 2012. Bethesda really is not saying that, claimed that the delay was due to the fact that game development was not progressed satisfactory within the past year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you might look at that and people will go, oh my god. But then again, remember how Mass Effect 3 got delayed till the following year? And then when it came out, everyone went, this is the best game ever, regardless of the ending stuff, which we won't touch on anymore. I think we've already addressed that. Yeah, we won't uh, we won't press that button on me because I no. really don't want to start on that tonight. Next story is something pretty really big. I mean, we we talked about this last week. Now it's time to talk about it again. God of War has a new game. God of War Ascension has officially been revealed on April nineteenth, 
the video basically shows Kratos being chained up to, I'm guessing, some pylons, and you basically don't see that much. All you really see is a very bright background, Kratos being tied, you see blood, you see Kratos, not really much else to talk about. But one bigger thing is that Ascension's director is Todd Papey, who was also the design director for God of War 3. The thing that intrigues me and actually have me less interested in it is the fact that it's a prequel. Really? Well, the fact that it implies in the trailer, well, I should say teaser trailer, because you don't see a lot, that before Kratos beat and killed all the gods, he was another man on another quest. So possibly this is, you know, I, I don't know whether it's completely Origins before every game, because I know one of the PSP games that came out was supposed to be set for the first God of War. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a prequel game already. So I mean, I'm not sure that this will be a prequel itself. We we really haven't seen much, like you said. It's just the wording in the trailer kind of hints at it being set before the God of War stuff because it seems to be possibly kind of like the first level in the first God of War when he's doing the stuff for Ares and not doing his oh I've got to kill all the gods that he suddenly started after about the second level. Yeah, so we'll definitely have to see. I mean, E3 will definitely have a lot of news on this. I definitely expect yeah. the E3 to announce a release date. I expect E3 to bring out trailers, gameplay footage, everything. So we'll definitely It'll be a highlight of the conference, certainly. Definitely. We'll have to see what uh, E3 has. Next story is a South African retailer has pretty much decided it wants to be its own group. And it's been posting pre-order pages for several different games. <laughs> Number one, Need for Speed Most Wanted 2. Ooh. Hasn't been announced. Also another thing is Dead Space 3, which has officially not been announced, but has been rumored for the past year and a half. Since Dead Space 2 came out, they were waiting on sales to see how Dead Space 2 did before they made Dead Space 3. Neither game has been announced, but both games are EA games. Yeah, has, has this South African company got a hatred of EA or something? Well, the funny thing is, this was the same company that outed Jack and Daxter the HD collection in October, a month before it became an official. So They've, out, they've outed actually quite a few more games over the recent years. They mu- I don't know if they did it with Mass Effect 3, but I know they've done it with other games before, certainly. Can't remember what they are off the top of my head, though. Yeah. So we'll definitely have to see what comes up these stories, if they will announce these other games here soon, or I, I believe they were waiting. I know that there was a rumor waiting on Dead Space to be announced at one of the conferences this summer. So we'll have to see what comes of that. Next game, next one we're going to talk about, I know Ashley, me, were talking about this before the, before the show started. It's basically called 007 Legends. It's oh. six Bond films shaken, not stirred, into a single game. Let me give you the premise on this before we fully start. Activision's new 007 Legends for Xbox 360 and PS3 features a storyline that ties together six classic James Bond films, ending with the new Skyfall. Activision has yet to announce which films from the character's 50-year-long movie history will be represented, but we guarantee they'll include tuxedos, girls, and gunfights. So, I mean, this is six games, six movies that are all going to be tied into it that are going to end with Skyfall. That's the sixth one. That's the ending. 
Well, I'm just thinking through, because you've had six Bonds. So, I mean, it starts with whoever the first Bond was, which... Sean Connery. I, no. What? Unless you're talking about all the other radio things, in the official movie canon, Dr. No was Sean Connery from 1963. Followed by From Russia With Love, followed by Goldfinger, followed by Phone the Ball, followed by You Only Live Twice... Then there was a contract dispute, which meant George Lazenby did on a Majesty's Secret Service. Then Connery came back for Diamonds Are Forever. Then he realized he had really had enough. So then it went to Roger Moore, who did seven in a row up to View to a Kill. Then he dropped out because he realized, you know, he's old. He's not really kind of an action guy. That's kind of weird because I was wrong. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know my bond. Actually, it's correct. I guess we'll keep that in. Uh, yeah. No, no editing that out. We'll keep that in. So, producer, let it go. I guess I was wrong, guys. Sorry about that. I was thinking that uh, on, Her on Her Majesty's Secret Service was actually the first movie. It was not, as Ashley just basically pointed out. Dr. No was the first James Bond film, which included Sean Connery and was directed by Terrence Young. So I apologize yeah. to everyone. So we, like you said, two, three three, four, five, six. We have had six James Bonds. So will it include all six Bonds? But which movies will it include? Well, we can't question. do From Russia With Love because that's already been done. And it actually wasn't that bad a game, although some of the things were a bit odd. One that would be brilliant to see, but hard, would be Goldfinger, if we're talking about Sean Connery stuff. But then again... Thunderball actually was pretty good with a decent plot, so that might be good to see. We're not, we, you know, we're, we're not limited to choice with George Lazenby, considering he only did one movie. So you could certainly do that one. Roger okay. Here's 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 how I want to see it. Sean Connery. I want to see from us. Well, we've, I want to see Doctor No. George Lazenby, like you said, we've only got Honor Majesty Secret Service. Yeah. So Roger Moore, Moonraker. Timothy Dalton, License to Kill. Pierce Brosnan. I want Goldeneye, but we can't do Goldeneye. So, I guess, die another day since it was not ever made into a video game. And then Daniel Craig will have Skyfall. For me, with the, I'd like to see something with Scaramanga. Live and Let Die for me is feasible because it means you've got somebody that's using drugs rather than some ludicrous super weapon to try and take over the world. Because that's what the, nearly all the Bond films from the classic era were. I differ with the Dalton because you could do... Living Daylights reflects the fact that the agent that was for the Russians was defecting to the British. But in turns out through the thing it was like a double play and everything. Which kind of reflects what seems to be possibly something to do with the plot with Skyfall. From the bare minimum that we know. So I think that would tie in more, but then License to Kill would as well. Uh, with Pierce Brosnan, I kind of see a point with Die Another Day, but you're limited. I'd, to be honest, like to see a decent version of Tomorrow Never Dies, because I've played that through again recently, and it's a good game. But I think you could do more, more related to the actual plot and everything with... The press, because it seems. To, I'm just trying to think of the ones which could relate to Skyfall, because it. You know, I'm guessing it's going to be some kind of something happens in Skyfall flashback to something in a previous movie. Right. Possibly. 
So, I mean, we'll have to see. They'll definitely be announcing some more stuff here soon. I mean, they've got to. You can't just leave it at 007 Legends. Oh, they'll, they'll, I, I'm guessing EA at E3, any other E's are available, I don't know. But EA at E3 will be, I guess, pushing that. So, we'll leave that where it is. Sorry, I was checking the uh, the Japanese releases right quick, and uh, the Japanese Nintendo Direct has have uh, it has some stuff coming out. So we'll definitely talk about that here in a second because they actually announced the Capcom, Namco, and Sega collaboration. So we'll talk about that here in a minute. But first thing I want to go to is Diablo Three. Uh, we've got a couple of news stories on this one. Diablo Three. If you did not know, the beta servers will actually go silent. They will go. They will go down for good on May 1st, 14 days before the game is released worldwide. Basically, what that means is this weekend, you have basically from Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to Monday, 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time, you have the chance to play Diablo Beta all weekend. So go get the client, play it. Take a chance to play because, like I said, you will not have the chance after Monday. And there is actually a new novel. I think you have more news on this than I do, but it's called The Order, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's The Order, and it's going to be released same day as Diablo 3. That's all we really know about it. I do know that apparently in the plot it is going to feature uh, the lead character, who I don't know the name because I'm not a Diablo player. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but... um. Next show, but it's, it's a series regular character that features predominantly in the novel, so it's not like a complete like spin-off kind of thing. It possibly is canon. Wait, it's a regular person, so we're talking about Kane, Deckard Kane. Yes. Okay, that's his name. Yeah, Deckard Kane is one of the main characters between all three games, so we'll definitely, I'll, I'm looking forward to seeing what this novel is going to be about because I ordered the journal that came out that basically had every single that was more so written like a journal in the in the game. So, we'll see what yeah. ha- what comes with that. First news story is new Super Mario Brothers 2 hitting this August in Japan. And guess what? It's a 3DS title. That's right. 3DS title Nintendo basically announced this today via the Nintendo Direct which is going on in Japan right now. They announced that. They're also celebrating Kirby's 20th anniversary on the Wii. First Project Cross Zone. I don't even know what they're calling this. It's a crossover collaboration. It's being called Project X Zone, and basically it's an RPG-style thing, but will incorporate all the major characters from the franchises owned by Capcom, Sega, and Namco. Hmm. That's interesting. We'll have... I know Mega Man's one of them. They only had a certain few limited characters, but I know Mega Man's in there. Quite a few of the King of Fighters, I think, characters as well. Sadly, nobody from Soul Calibur. I think there's some Virtua Fighter people as well. So it'll be... To be honest, it's worth talking about that when we get a better idea of the characters, because, you know, the the character list could be as big as Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Right, so we'll definitely have to see what they come out with here in the next few weeks. One of the new bigger stories is right now there's promotional display boxes that have been given to certain retailers that basically say, return for a debriefing, May 2nd, 2012. 
and this isn't related to the news that I had from the French site. It's something else different, completely different. The biggest rumor right now that's coming out is this shows a... In the corner of the box, it has RP, which stands for Rating Pending. On the other side, it says Treyarch and Activision. This can only point to one thing. And that one thing is Black Ops 2. Black Ops 2 has been rumored to be coming out for several months now. And basically... We're looking at the next step in this whole series. On the front cover is a, it appears to be a bald man with a gun, with a pistol. And that's pretty much all it is. It's a black box. That's it. So we'll have to see. May 2nd is only two weeks away. So we'll have to see what definitely comes of that. So we've talked about all those news stories. Now it's time to get to the meat of one of the bigger things I want to talk about. And this is Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah. Uh, one of the bigger things ha- is that's going on with this is that a ex rockstar worker who was basically fired for misconduct, basically. And he wants to get all even with rockstar. So he's releasing information. There's a list here. So I'm going to go through this list and then we'll definitely talk about some of it afterwards. Number one, the protagonist will be one character and one character alone. His name, as some rumors have said, Albert de Silva. He's half Hispanic man who was once part of a crime family in Vice City. Yes, Vice City. He's decided to settle down and have kids in Los Santos. He has one son called Kevin de Silva who is your stereotypical COD player. He's lazy, useless, and shouts racial abuse online and is ready and is really into FPS games. Kevin does admire his dad though. Number two, this is the bigger thing, because this is something JJ will be really happy about this. Number two, multiplayer will hold 32 people on the Xbox and PS3. It wasn't said how many will be on the PC, though. Just like in Red Dead Redemption, players will be able to form gangs. These gangs are not ranked through XP anymore, but via reputation. Instead of gang hideouts, you can do jobs that range from robbing a laundrette to breaking into a military base and stealing state-of-the-art weaponry. The gang leader has much more control over his or her gang by being able to rank members of the gang and setting more specific objectives, specific members of their gangs. Basically, it's like a guild in MMOs. Gangs can have their own territory, but this only applies to areas inside the city of Los Santos. Number three, the map is about five times as large as the GTA 4 map, and the city of Los Santos takes up just under a half of this area. So it's a bit bigger than two GTA for Liberty Cities. The map, like most GTAs, is separated into three different sections. Number four, planes are flyable. They range from a World War II fighter planes to private jets to Cessnas. Cessna is a private plane. Number five, cars and guns are customizable to an extent. For example, you can customize a gun to have a suppressor on it, and you can install nitrous into a car. Now, some of the other stuff that's coming out. Here's a whole other list. It's another list. It's more rumors that are going to go, so we'll have to see. Uh, number one, the protagonist is the rich guy from the GTA 5 debut trailer. You get to learn more about this man in a second when he talks about his troubles. You see the protagonist twice in the trailer. First, he is the side of the face, and second time, he is driving a Deceptor, the Audi R8. The people robbing the jewelry store are just with the protagonist. He is driving the van ready to get away. Number two, gunfights are more realistic. When you are shooting a gun out of a window of a car, it depends on how fast it's going 
you will have troubles aiming due to shaking cameras. Number three, the game is possibly due in May 2013. A more specific date has not been decided because the game is still needing six months to be fully developed. They will have a playable demo at E3. You heard me correctly. They will have a playable demo at E3. Number four, police chases are now way more than just running or driving. Depending on how you are wanted, police may bring out riot shields and flashbangs. Number five, when someone reaches a four-star wanted level, there will be a radio warning on some radio stations. Number six, radio stations now do traffic reports that are actually correct. So if you don't know what route to take when you're driving, you can always check the reports on your favorite radio station or your phone. Number seven, the in-game TV now has many, many more TV channels. Number eight, before I go with this one, this is a spoiler, so please, please do not uh, hate me for this. Number warning. Eight, yeah, basically a warning. Number eight, the protagonist does not die, unlike in the last two Rockstar games which is basically Red Dead Redemption and GTA 4. Sorry. Number nine, the underworld actually has a working economy that you can contribute to by buying and selling drugs, weapons, and illegal cars in single player. Number ten, this is pretty hilarious right here. The protagonist can take drugs, which will have some effects, but smoking weed on the streetwalk will lead to getting a one-star wanted level. Basically, if you're walking down the, down the street and you light up a joint, you're going to get arrested. Number 11. Police cars will go after you if you if you are obviously breaking the speed limit. Having high-speed crashes will also damage your health. Now, before I go to the next thing, which is the wanted levels, the whole high-speed thing has been asked for in many, many of GTA's games. A lot of the times, you didn't get pulled over by the cops unless you were basically, you, you got into a car accident. So having the high-speed is pretty awesome. I'm very happy about that. The one levels are pretty cool. It starts out like this. One star, the police follow you on foot and try to make an arrest. No sirens, no car chases, unless you are speeding. Two star, police will still attempt to make an arrest. If a weapon is drawn, then the police will begin to open fire on you. Police will use stun guns if a weapon is not drawn. Three stars, chases begin and the police don't care how they stop you. They just want to stop you. Four stars, road traps, radio stations, and much more hostile police. Even when you are you have evaded them, they will still search for 24 in-game hours for someone matching your description. Number five, five stars. Shoot to kill. Shoot to kill. Arrest only if it's made very possible. Even when you have evaded them, they will still search for 48 in-game hours for someone matching your description. Few missions become unavailable if you are wanted. Six star. Six star ones level. This is pretty crazy. Military vehicles start to come after you. Even when you have evaded them, they will still search for 72 in-game hours. That's three days of in-game time for someone matching your description. Some missions will definitely become unavailable if you are wanted with six stars. And that is all of the rumors as of today, 421-2012. So we'll definitely have to see what comes out. But let me also give some of these release date rumors. Our release calendar was leaked by a major UK high street retailer suggesting an autumn 2012 release window. 
A financial analyst group predicts that GTA 5 will arrive in early 2013 to allow Rockstar extra time to polish the game. And a picture from a Canadian retailer future shop taken by IGN reader, some, some, something name, displayed a release window of winter 2012. So, that was all of the rumor and leaks so far. We're definitely going to keep this untabbed because I definitely want to see if there's going to be any more. But, I mean, any questions from you, Ashley? I know you were, right, or you, you were taking notes the entire time. Yeah, I, with regards to the spoilers, so I won't mention names, but... Well, I certainly won't mention the name that you said, but uh, with regards to the West and what... Oh, fuck it. Okay, warning spoilers, but I'm trying to get a clarification here. I know John dies in Red Dead, but did, Nico didn't die in GTA 4. Was there another... You said the protagonist died. Okay, you have to make a choice of whether you want the bride dying or his brother dying, but it isn't actually the protagonist. Either way, it's a major character, so I'll kind of let you go on that. But the fact that it's going truly realistic on, like, the the gun aiming and also the wanted level seems ridiculous. <laughs> You know, well, like I said, the wonder level has been asked for for a while because the wonder levels, I mean, having the radio stations basically give out warnings for these different things is pretty awesome. And then just having them search for you after a certain amount of time is pretty awesome because they never yeah. did this to begin with. So it's really cool to see them be doing this now because this is something they've really been asked for. And the whole chasing when you're, when you're speeding is something they've really been wanting too. Yeah, I hope they don't go that ludicrous on the speedy. Oh, you're doing 33 and a 30. Because, you know, there's been no speed limit, or sorry, speed ometers on GTA since, I think, GTA 2. Well, you, GTA... Knew when you, were, you, know, you knew when you were speeding in the game. I mean, come on. Yeah, but some of the t- most of the time, some of the other cars in the game were speeding about as well. Certainly in GTA 3 and Vice City, sometimes you had them steaming a lot. But, I'm sure that was it, they were also going to get some of those also got arrested too because I remember seeing police police chases on others. But also with regards to the release date, I'd like to see it released at the end of the year. But if it's still got six months, then that clearly needs to be addressed. And to be honest, I see it coming in to the Mass Effect slot possibly early 2013. Well, the big thing with with Rockstar and their release dates, they like to take over May. And if you didn't know, Max Payne actually is coming out in May. May 15th. Same same day as Diablo. Same day as Diablo. So they're trying to take over May, just as... Red Dead did, and GTA 4. So, yeah. But they're also taking over... Like, Blizzard has taken over February. Blizzard has always tried to release their games in February. This year, they're actually releasing it in May. So, I mean, we'll have to see what... We know that at E3, we'll see. We'll have more information. There's a definite on that, because every year, they always announce something at E3. Yeah. That's the that's the thing that interests me, though. If they are going to have a demo at E3, that kind of implies that it's possibly is quite a way into the build. Well, they've been working on it since pretty much GTA 4 finished up. They had another team working on the DLC, and then they had the main team working on GTA 5. Yeah. But so, certainly, I, I like the fact it's like tipping a nod to other games by having the lead guy's son 
being a Call of Duty fan. It's kind of interesting to see that, and I'm kind of wondering how uh, how that's going to play into the entire game. thing that also sort of caught me off guard was when you said about the fact he appears twice in the trailer. He does. When I thought I saw him three times. Because if you look at one of those masked men that gets ready for the bank robbery, it kind of looks like De Silva, partially. I think he's the guy with the shotgun, if you go back to the trailer that they had. He kind of looks like him, because obviously he we look different because you can't see his face, but the hairstyle seemed to be similar to the guy that you saw on top of the rooftop. But no doubt we'll get news for it. Whether it will be tied to any press conference, I'd be interested about, though. Uh, most likely with the deal that Rockstar usually has with Microsoft, we'll definitely see something during the Microsoft conference. Uh, they've always come out and announced something during Microsoft's announcement. I mean, like two years ago, GTA 4 was actually announced by a tattoo on one of the guys coming out during the Microsoft conference. So I expect nothing less than a tattoo by somebody. But I won't yeah. get it. I know I won't get it. <laughs> I just—I think they did this. Okay, it was for PS3, but I think no, no, that was Agent, wasn't it? Is Agent Rockstar? No. What's Agent? I think it was supposed to be. Oh, I'm gonna have to look at this now. It was something that I thought was like Rockstar's. It's not Mafia and it's not La Noire, but it was called Agent. I thought it was Rockstar. I'm probably wrong. Normally, you I could be wrong. <laughs> I normally am wrong, but I'll, I'll just have a quick look for it, because it's one of these games that got mentioned about three years ago at E3, and since then, nothing's heard from it. So it might be one of these games that went into, as mentioned, uh, with regards to Prey 2, developmental hell. Yeah, probably did. You take a look for that. Oh, there we go. Got it. Agent is a stealth action video game, currently developed by Rockstar North, exclusively for the PS3 was announced in June 2009, so we're three years away. <laughs> Let's see what I can find. It was confirmed in May last year that it was still in active development, even though it hadn't been seen by the public. Ports of Rockstar North were seeking environmental artists to work on an unknown project on next-gen consoles, Surface following Rockstar posting a job ad in January. Well, the following the day, thing- they removed the reference to next-gen consoles. The description was similar, except the last line would change to to achieve the highest quality results within budget. But what it is, they're unsure whether that applies to Agent or GTA V. Well, the funny thing you mentioned that is actually, I'm looking at one of the websites now. On August 15th, 2011, Leigh Donahue, a former Rockstar North environmental artist who worked on GTA 4 and Agent posted the first images of Agent and his online resume. The shots show a character as well as various indoor environments from the game. Both the images clearly mentioned that they were made in 2009. Basically, there was one guy who left, took the images that he made with him, and they, they were looking for the new person. So the question is, is this one that will never get made? The concept, though, seems interesting. Uh, apparently, it will be set in the world of counterintelligent espionage and political assassinations. I think this is what Jack Trenton said on the Sony conference, and that it was going to apparently be set in the late 70s. So in that essence, it will be like driver parallel lines, except only set in the 70s and not in present day. Which could be good, but considering we haven't heard anything from it, considering it's been rumoured since 2007, 
I don't know. But GTA 5, I am looking forward to all the news that we get. You know, it might even become a weekly feature if he keeps tweeting that guy. If it keeps getting updated, then we'll definitely check it out. But like I said, E3 will, will definitely be getting something uh, thin uh, because they always announce something E3. But now I've got my review of the PS Vita, which is the newest Yay. handheld by Sony. If you didn't know, it comes in two formats. You have a 3G Wi-Fi version and you have a Wi-Fi only version. Uh, in the United States, the Wi-Fi version only is $250 and the 3G Wi-Fi is $300. The uh, only problem with it is the 3G Wi-Fi actually comes uh, from AT&T. You can't get it through anybody else, unfortunately, for now. The games, Same kind of exclusive deal done over here, by the way, for the UK people. AT&T only? Uh, Vodafone, I think. I mean, it's got, a, it's got a good set of release games. Some of the games that, based, that really came out were MLB The Show 2012, Wipeout 2048, Unit 13, Luminous, Little Deviants, Army Corps of Hell. I mean, that was a good set of uh, release games, but uh, Uncharted. Right, Uncharted. We'll definitely talk about today is um, MLB The Show 2012 plus the PS Vita. The Vita is a little bit bigger than the PSP itself. It looks like the, the screen is much bigger. It has a touchscreen on the front and a touchscreen on the back. It has two cameras, one on the front and the right-hand side where the face buttons are, and then one in the back right above the touchpad. Uh, it has two, two analog sticks on both sides below the keypad, or basically below the face pad and below the directional pad comes with the regular PlayStation button on the left-hand side and a start and select button on the right-hand side. You've also got your triggers above on the top, left and right accordingly. And then you, in the middle between that is an interesting part. The PS Vita does not play PSP games. That's one of the bigger things. The PS Vita has something new, which is like a cartridge-based, and what you do is you basically put these in and it's just like a DS cartridge. You put it in, the game basically installs to your system, and you're good to go. Right next to that is the USB port that can be used to put different things on your system. And on the bottom, you have you, you can't play a game without a memory card. So you have to put a Sony PS Vita memory card in your system to basically be able to play any games or to do really anything on the system itself. Graphically, the system looks great. It's very beautiful graphics. It has uh, high-definition quality graphics, PS3-style graphics, actually. PSP had PlayStation 2, PlayStation 1 graphics. Definitely looked good, but not as good as the PS Vita. The PS Vita also basically contains the same hardware, I believe, as the PS3 somewhat, just in condensed format. Very fast once it starts up, but it's very slow during startup. Uh, you basically have to hold the button down to make it come on, and it's definitely one of those things I wish they would change. I'll definitely have to see if that they fix that in the PSP uh, next generation, because uh, there will be a ne another generation of PS Vitas. Uh, when you first get the PS Vita, you basically get the basic setup. You get the Welcome Park, the Party, PS Store, the Near, Friends, Group Messaging, Trophies, Photos, and Browser. And then on the second tab, you have music, videos, remote play, 
Content Manager, Maps, and Settings. The PS Store connects to PlayStation Store, of course, PSN, and well, you can download any games that you had on PSN that you had from the PSP. You can download them onto your PS Vita and play them just like you would on your PSP. The game, the one of the cool features is the cloud computing, cloud gaming. If you have a game that has cloud to cloud to system system, you can basically upload your game to the cloud and then download it straight to your system. Like MLB The Show 2012 is one of those games. You can basically upload your game you're playing now if you've got to go if you got to get on the go and you're playing on a PS3, upload it straight to your to the cloud and then you can download it straight to your PS Vita and basically get going. So um, it's definitely a great little system. It's a little expensive. It's definitely got to drop in price before it will be get before it'll be any good. But we'll definitely have to see what comes of the next generation. We'll definitely talk about MLB The Show 2012. I mean, graphically, the game looks great. There's a few hitches here and there. The roster is pretty much up to date with what they are on the PS3. MLB The Show 2012 on there. You can't see the ball sometimes, and you would expect that with being on such a small screen. But at the same time, they also try to enhance the ball a little bit as you're playing. At, like you hit, so you can see it when it's flying out into the field. You can see the ball enlarged a little bit so that as it's flying at you, you'll be able to catch it. You won't be, able, you won't be just missing the ball because it's too small. As it's being pitched to you, you basically can see the ball as, uh, as you hit it. The game has multiple has the basics you got exhibition game you got the road to the show you got uh season which is basically you playing as a season or you have your career or your dynasty actually i think is what it's called where you basically just play as uh you basically play as the manager for the entire group uh has online play also have not tried that out yet but as i said the game is uh very very good it's definitely a pickup definitely a launch title game that you want to get no matter what uh any questions Ashley? The only gripe I have with the Vita is the memory cards. And it's one of those things that definitely sucks when you take a look because you can't use any kind of card you have to use the yeah. Sony PS Vita card. Which of course then means they charge slightly over the top as if you were to get a standard you know, yeah. uh, SD card or whatever. The 4 gig card that I have cost me $25. But certainly I would recommend trying the Gravity Rush demo. I played it when they had their pre-launch event down in London a few months back. And although it was weird, I you know, I, I can't really because it's a Japanese game, it was course it was going to be weird, but you probably need to play it to have a better idea of what it is. But it actually was one of the best things that I played there to be quite honest because some of them just felt like PS3 games. You know, that's that's the thing that I think that hurts it at the minute. There aren't enough unique games there in order to make it a must. Hopefully. Gravity Rush is the first of hopefully a few down the line because I'm guessing they're going to mention some Vita exclusives at E3. Definitely we can expect some Vita exclusives at E3, so we'll have to see what comes of that. I'm going to save the Trials Evolution review for next week so I get a chance to play it a little bit more because we've definitely gone a little bit too far with this segment. Yeah. We've gone a lot longer than I expected to go. So um, check out this break. We'll be right back after a quick break so we can get our breath and uh, we'll see you back here in a few minutes.
former hosts of the popular CauseCast radio show, the phenom Charles Shane, and Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ68, reunited on Friday nights to cover WWE SmackDown, the latest news in the world of professional wrestling, the world of gaming, and entertainment. If you tune in on Friday nights, starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, on the SNS Radio Network, located at www.snsradionetwork.com. Perhaps you can listen to the U-Team on the new Unplugged. The band is back together! of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. What's up and welcome back. We are just about finished with this episode of Open Book. Well, we got one more thing to do, and that's talk about our movie and entertainment news. This week, unfortunately, we don't have any reviews, but we got some stories. We're definitely running along with this show a little bit, so we definitely want to get through these stories. We actually found during a break here, we found a few more news stories that we're definitely going to talk about. So go ahead, Ashley. I'm going to let you kick it off, and then I'll jump in when we're done. One that seems to be really weird that's cropped up this week is the fact that we might be having another 70s cop show coming back to the screen. (laughs) And no, I'm not talking about a sequel to Starsky and Hutch, but I am talking about one of the people that was in that movie. Uh, Vince Vaughn is apparently being approached by Universal to make a movie version of the Rockford Files. Mind is blown. I don't know how that's going to work. I just think it won't. That seems extremely odd. I mean, you know, what's, what's your take on that, Sean? That just, it kind of disturbs me. I'm 26. I didn't really see any 70s cop shows. 
so I really can't talk about anything. Okay. The only show yeah. I remember, only show I remember from a kid is Andy Griffith, and it's only because it was a North Carolina show. So yeah, yeah. The only reason I know the Rockford Files is because they endlessly repeat them for no apparent reason on British TV, or at least on one of the channels, anyway. But well, we'll see what happens there. The European premiere of Avengers happened in London. Uh, we've quite a lot of. I think everybody was there, and I know they had some competition that the best cosplayers that went to the premiere were actually going to get a chance to go see the premiere themselves by going on the red carpet dressed as their favorite Avenger or whatever. I haven't seen any pictures of those people, but that's probably cool. My final little story is um, the posters came out this week for G.I. Joe Retaliation. G.I. Joe 2, whatever you want to call it. And looks very promising, to be quite honest. Rock looks like rock. Only, if, you know, when you look at Bruce Willis, you still think that's Die Hard, but I'll probably get around to that. Oh, there's another one that I nearly forgot about. There was a new viral video that came out for Prometheus introducing David 8. Um, in case you don't have a clue what I'm talking about, David 8 is the android that's played by Michael Fassbender in the upcoming movie, which is coming out early June worldwide. For some reason, the Brits are getting it a week early, so sucks to be you, Sean, or something, I don't know. But I am looking very much forward to that, because I've been reading up about it, because my film magazine that I read has some info about it, which I'm still trying to decipher, but it'll be interesting to see how that turns up. And the way they've been doing these viral vids have been really good because it's the best thing is when they had the one that I think everybody talked about last month which was when Waylon played by Guy Pierce was giving a conference in about 2057 to the TED group that do the lectures and everything everybody thought is this real because it was that realistically done and viral videos are the best about that but that's the end of my news but in Sean's, I think. I don't know if you want to lead off with the story that relates to uh, yeah. Mr. Wayland. Mr. Wayland? Yeah, Guy Pierce. Okay, in- I was like, wait, Guy. Yeah. What? Mr. Wayland? Uh, yeah, Guy Pierce is apparently joining the cast of Iron Man 3. He is expected to play the character from the Extremist comic. He'll play the geneticist Aldrich Killian. Killian was a villain that is. Well, no, Killian was not a villain, excuse me. Uh, he's basically one of the creators of the extremist virus in the Ellis book. Uh, production for Iron Man, Iron Man 3 is set to begin next month with a May 3rd, 2013 release plans. And one of the filming is actually happening, some of the filming is actually ha- happening in China along with they're actually asking for extras in my neck of the woods down in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, I'm and guessing I think you- as well there's some... Sorry, there's some deal that's been done because of it being made in China that China's going to produce it as well, I think. So there you go. I mean, we'll definitely have to see what comes of that. I mean, we'll see. We'll definitely have more information as uh, that May 3rd, 2013 release comes up. So, Just a quick question. That comic book that you're talking about that, that they think the character's from, is that the same series that Ben Kingsley's character's supposed to be about, the nanobot or something? I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head. I'd have to actually go through okay. and look a little bit no more problem. further. No so we'll have to we'll, we'll th- let me know about that later, and we'll, t- we'll take a look. Okay. Um, one thing that's come out is apparently there's a new actor coming to Sin City 2. 
And this actor has a problem with keeping his mouth shut. Uh, this actor is Mel Gibson. Oh. Rumors right now are saying that Mel Gibson is headed to Sin City and that Michelle Williams is also up for a role. Uh, Michelle Williams, if you don't know, was in Shutter Island. Along with Rosario Dawson is definitely going to be back and Mickey Rourke is excited to come back and he's probably going to be the first person back. Michael Madsen has also said that he will be reprising his role in the sequel, saying that he was headed to Fort Worth, Texas for some kind of symposium or a Sin City panel where they're going to talk about the film. So expect a bunch of the main characters back, but expect a special person back as Mel Gibson is set to join. I can only wonder what Mel Gibson's going to do. This one's pretty interesting. Disney is releasing over 40 catalog hits on Blue Blu-ray disc in 2012. Some of these discs, some of these movies are actually going to be cult hits like Dick Tracy, The Newsies, Ed Wood, Treasure Planted, and even Judge Dredd. Disney will also unveil anime classics like Peach Dragon, Pocahontas, and The Aristocats in 2012. They are looking at also bringing in Good Morning Vietnam and Dead Poet Society for the first time on Blu-ray. So we can definitely look to see a lot. I mean, they've, they've got an entire list. Beginning in May, the studio will start to celebrate a number of film anniversaries, introducing multiple great films on two Blu-ray, including Father of the Bride Part 1 and Part 2, Bringing Down the House, releasing on May 15th, The Color of Money, Cocktail, and Ransom, all releasing on June 5th, Sister Act and Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, Newsies and Evita will be releasing June 19th, and The Horse Whisperer, Under the Tuscan Sun, Phenomenon, Step Up, Home on the Range, and Treasure Planet will be releasing on July 3rd. There's another list with the fall and Halloween movies. I mean, this is a pretty huge list. So, I mean, definitely take a look when you get a chance. But I'm looking forward to Dick Tracy and Judge Dredd, which is set to release. I'm looking for Judge. I'm looking for Dick Tracy. Unfortunately, Judge Judge Dredd and Dick Tracy are being separated. Judge Dredd is set to release in the fall. And apparently Dick Tracy is set to release in the holiday season. So, sucks for me, but I'll definitely be, pick, be picking up those films and Blu-ray as soon as possible. Yeah, I'm trying to think of all the other films. Because when you think Disney, you don't think of them. Because obviously they were all Buena Vista and all that. So, Well, Disney actually owns a ton of set, ton of different ones. And, uh-huh. I mean, they've owned a lot of companies. They own... Most of their radar movies are actually done through a whole another set of companies, and it's really kind of curious as to uh, was Miramax Disney. Can't remember. Not entirely sure. Give me uh, one second. I just got sent a breaking news story about a UFC oh. fighter. So give me one second to take a look at this. I'm kind of curious if this is actually true. Maybe Brassai can uh, hit me up with this. <laughs> Apparently, um, Alistar Overeem is actually out of the UFC. Trying to find the story, but I can't seem to find it. Altogether, wow. Yeah, I am right. From 93 to 2010, Miramax was owned by Disney. Okay. But they did sell it to a company called Colony Capital. So, hmm. whether Disney still have the rights to the movies that were made during that 93 to 2010 gap, I don't know. But we'll see. Because there's quite a lot of titles there that seem. Uh, looking into this, apparently the sale did include film titles as well as the Miramax name. So, yeah, Disney don't have the rights to them. So, Apparently, Alistair Overeem has been charged with battery. Uh, he was apparently Ooh. involved in an incident at the Wynn Hotel in Vegas and has been 
and has, result, and has resulted in a battery charge. Overeem was not arrested, but he has been taken out of UFC 146. Uh, do you know who he was replaced with, Brassai, by any chance? Frank Mir. Wow, he's been replaced with Frank Mir. That's pretty interesting. I'll definitely have to uh, take a look at that one. I mean, Alistair Overeem out and back in. Alistair Overeem out of UFC 146 due to a, a assault, a, ba a battery charge, and will be replaced by Frank Mir. That's definitely uh, it's definitely big news as Alistair Overeem was number one heavyweight contender in UFC. And the question is, will Overeem stay in UFC? Uh, we'll have to see, because it's definitely one of those things. Back to our entertainment news stories. I got two news stories left, and the second one will actually inc be included in multiple stories right quick. But uh, Hunger Games sequel has a director for Catching Fire. Catching Fire is the sequel to Hunger Games, and the person taking over the position of director, I Am Legends director, Francis Lawrence. Pretty Ooh. good director here. Uh, he's he's basically been offered the job as director. So he will we'll definitely have to see how he does. It's going to be very interesting. But um, Oh, the same guy that did Constantine as well. Like it. Like it a lot. Uh, one of my favorite, whatever his name is, movies. Yeah, and just a, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, there he is. And one of my favorite Keanu Reeves movies. Yeah, and just to throw it really off guard, he also did the drama thing called Water for Elephants which is most notable because it's got what's his name from Twilight in Robert Pattinson? Yeah Don't care about it anymore then um, <laughs> Last news story because it basically will bring in a couple of different news stories A conversation between myself and my uh, my store manager at GameStop was brought up. What two companies own the rights to the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver? Do you know off the top of your head, Ashley? Uh, not off the top of my head, no Marvel and Fox 20th Century Fox and Marvel movie, Marvel Films own, both own the rights to Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. The reason why is because they both have appeared in The Avengers, which is uh, which all rights are owned by Marvel. They have also appeared in X-Men Comics, which are owned by 20th Century Fox. The big news is Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver will be in whatever the next X-Men film is. Played by two different completely actors. 20th Century Fox has already basically guaranteed that one. Ooh. Avengers will also get their own Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver in Avengers 2, which will be played by two different actors in a different completely style. This makes way for Avengers 3. The Avengers 3 is the setup, and it will be basically the entire storyline of the Civil War. The Civil War is one of the biggest events in Marvel history as it ended with the death of Captain America. If this is how they're really going, I will pretty much give whoever wants to be the director of 2 and 3 any money they need to basically keep keep it going because they're saying that <laughs> Avengers 1 will make Dark Knight money, which is a lot of money. I bet Chris Evans is pleased, though. Chris Evans is probably the happiest person in the world. Well, no, no. Um, think back. Pre p before this, he was Human Torch, wasn't he, in the Fantastic Four? Yes. Who, in the comic books, got killed off <laughs> Yeah. last year. So, by the looks of it, any comic book character he plays will eventually get killed off. Well, um, let me give you a quick lesson on that. Captain America was killed. He was then brought back by a machine that was owned by a villain. I can't remember exactly who. 
and he was basically they pulled him out of a time stream and Bucky took over being Captain America and used guns, which was something I did not I did not enjoy seeing guns used by Captain America because Captain America was all about the shield. It was all about the shield for Captain America. So I wasn't too happy to see guns being used by Captain America in the first Captain America film. So I'll definitely be kind of curious to see what he uses in the second in the Avengers film plus the Captain America sequel. Well, the thing I don't get about when you see the trailer, you see Captain America pissed at Iron Man. Doesn't Captain America realize that if it wasn't for Iron Man's dad, he'd be dead by now? Well, Captain America and Steve, well, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark have always had a very convoluted friendship. They have a great friendship. They're best friends, but they also have a very competitive relationship. They want One person wants to do one thing, the other wants to do a completely different thing. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things where no matter what, they will be competing against each other just to see who gets to do what. So, I mean, we'll definitely have to see what Avengers does. I will say this, Ashley, I haven't told you this yet, so we'll, I'll definitely tell it to you now. There will be no Avengers review until I've seen the film. Okay, so it can't be next week, although I might. Given that you say I can't do the review, I might wait to see the review so I can get cheap cinema tickets, which would be cool. Because I plan on seeing the movie uh, when I have a day off after it's come out. I think it comes out next week, or in two weeks. May the 4th be with you. Yeah, that's right. May 4th. So I will probably check it out the week after or the week after that. The week of the 13th. So we'll oh, wow. To... So we're going to be... Okay. If I can't do a review, I might do a mini-review. Not really say anything, but just give like a two thumbs up, or you know, kind of like that. That's completely fine. But if we're going, if we're going to do a full review, I want to see the film first because no. I want to be able to. If, talk if, to if you want to go and see it, it, probably is best if we kind of review it together and give both our thoughts on it. But yeah, yeah I'll give a mini review next week or whenever we do it before the full-on review. So that's all the news I have. That's all the news Ashley has. That's the show. So, Whoa. competition. Do you want to do it? I mean... Might as well. Okay. Well, if this is going to be a competition, Ashley, it's going to be done my way. And my way is always the fun way. <laughs> my way is basically, it's going to be a real competition. Ashley has a few keys to the PS3 beta of Ghost Recon Future Soldier. Now, if you want to get a beta key, he's got... How many you got, Ashley? I got five. He's got five keys. So what we're going to do is he's got Twitter, he's got Facebook. What we're going to do is he is going to be given five questions, and daily, if no one answers the questions, then he'll he will keep the beta keys. You have you know when the beta ends, Ashley? It ends May second, I think it is, or May first. So if we do it now, then if we do it like once a day from possibly you know I'll go from Sunday. Once a day from Sunday. So, so to today, if this gets released on Sunday or the day after or whatever, uh, there'll be one a day, and if nobody gets the right answer... Basically, what we'll do is we'll go from the 22nd to the 28th. You have that entire week to contact Ashley with an answer to his trivia question. If you cannot get yeah. the answer correct, you are out of the competition for that day. You can answer the question for the next day if he still has one. But... One key will be given away in those seven days. So five keys 
you have seven days. You have two extra days if no one gets it. How's that sound? Yeah, well, I'll give five questions, but then if nobody gets it on the fifth day and I've still got keys over, there will be like bonus questions which I'll either make easier or harder depending how I feel. <laughs> or we'll just give them away. You can just give me two and I'll give them to somebody I know. And we'll have three left. Who knows? We'll see how yeah, this we'll goes see, down. We'll see how it goes. That's the competition. We'll definitely... Ashley will come up with his own rules for the competition. We'll see what we, we'll see how it goes. So, uh, anything in closing? I think Ashley? people need to know what I am on Twitter if they need uh, to follow. Me. No one needs to know. They no, I do. They, they can follow me at Ash is my name UK. Yes, that's really his Twitter name. If you need to follow me, I'm DTA to US at Twitter. I don't post that often, so I mean, if you got to follow me, follow me. I tried shortening mine, but everybody took them. So, anything left? Ashley? No, I think that's all. Next week we'll probably be building up to extreme rules and everything. On which mm-hmm. note, I was right about false count anywhere with Kane and Orton. Yep. Um, gaming wise, certainly there's going to be something regarding probably more stuff with the Nintendo because I'll have a look for it now and there'll be stuff that comes up. Probably more dates for E3 because we still don't know when Nintendo is properly scheduled for E3, but it'll probably be the Tuesday, the day after. And in movie news, probably there'll be more Iron Free news given for the past three weeks has been Iron Free Iron Man Free News. So with that, Ashley is his name. I'm Sensational Sequel. And Song of the Night is by one of my favorite bands ever, Evanescence. I was gonna do some techno music, but I didn't really want to play the song that I planned. It's called Loca People. It's a British song, I believe. Um, it's a pretty yeah. interesting song. But we're not playing that one tonight. So check it out. It's definitely very interesting. But the song we are playing is off of Evanescence' newest CD, What You Want. Check it out. It's a great song. It's one of my favorite songs by Evanescence. That's pretty much it. So uh, don't forget, by the way, before we do log off, because I know I will be fired for this, don't forget to check out all the other shows on the network. we got Wrestling News Live every Monday, PWR, Pro Wrestling Rewind every Wednesday, Unplugged every Friday. You've got our show, Open Book, which will be a podcast every week. You have Why, which is the question is, why is it really a show? That joke will never die. (laughs) It won't. You also have Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman. Running the Ropes with Maverick and Crelly. Running the Ropes. feel like there's something else. Don't forget to check out at least four podcasts, definitely, because Trey will actually be making an appearance on their yes. next episode, which is said to be a very spectacular episode. Mind Wife Walkie, congratulations on three years from myself. I definitely want to uh, say that, and definitely thanks to both of y'all for the stuff that y'all have done for the network. Is there any other shows I am missing off the top of my head? Oh, wait, there is one. Than, you know, Sunday Night Sunday Showdown, Night. Yeah, which is every pay-per-view Sunday. Uh, we have one coming up next week with Extreme Rules, which will ha- which will house the original original cast. We've or the usual suspects, as we can guess. You have Harmony, Boom Boom, Sexy. You've got JJ, Sexy. You've got Smart the Shark, to Carlo, the Trey Dog, and Slick Rick. So I mean, I guess we're good to go on that. So stay tuned. Check out the twenty four seven, and uh, don't forget to go sign up for the SNS League over at fourdown.org. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next week. Do what you want, you will, if you have a dream.
Thank you.